Hey there, and welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shearer, and my guest today is Caroline Dunn, Vice President of Marketing at Wasiga, a company that makes PA systems for schools. Carolyn, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me on the show today. I am super excited about this show. Before we dive into our main topic, which is video marketing and tips for how to do it to get the most benefit, first, just give us kind of a short 30-second version of who you are, a little bit about your background and your role at Wasiga. I am an, actually an engineer by education. I did a bachelor's and a master's degree of electrical engineering at Georgia Tech. After all of that, I realized that engineers needed a translator. They needed somebody to explain why their inventions were so great, how they were going to make the world a better place, how they were going to, you know, make your life better. What's what's in it for you? They it, We had a really hard time doing that. So I transitioned my career into marketing so that I could do that. I could explain inventions. And tell us about your your role at Wasika and a little bit about Wasika, what you guys do. Well, I, oh, as I was going to mention, before I started my job at Wasiga, I had all these like part-time jobs. And one of my part-time jobs, which is kind of the setup to, you know, why we do video marketing, is I was a YouTube personality. I made technology tutorials on YouTube and I have 35,000 subscribers right now on YouTube. So how did I get involved with Wasika? They contacted me on my LinkedIn profile. I did not know them ahead of time. I do try to network in Atlanta, but apparently I don't know everybody. And what really struck me about Wasiga, the reason I'm there is the, the CEO, first conversation, you know, he had a elevator pitch down and in a, in a very authentic way, not in the, you know, just very slick way. Very authentically within the first, you know, couple of minutes, he could explain why Wasiga was better, faster, and cheaper than all of his competitors. And he was just very frank about Hey, there are a lot of competitors. There are a lot of people who do the exact same thing. But hey, here's how I do it better, faster, cheaper than everybody else on the market. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I got to pay attention to this. I got to think about this. So conversations happen and I just really fell in love with the product. It is hardware and software. And it's really changing how schools do something really quite boring, quite frankly. You know, who thinks about the PA system at their school? And they're really changing the market. I'm super excited to be a part of that. We all know about PA systems at schools, right? The bell coming through, you know, whether it's a tone or like a clanging bell or the announcements to students and all that. So that's what you guys provide, the technology, the hardware and the technology to make that all work. Yeah. So, you know, a long time ago, there was this analog technology. It's all that's dying right now. And we're coming in with the IP technology, the new mm. version of the technology. And it's really made the whole, it doesn't do exactly the same thing. It does things better, faster, cheaper. And now I know that as VP of marketing, you have leaned heavily into video marketing as like one of your main channels, one of your main tools. So let's just start right there. Why video? And I'll preface this by saying that that might seem like a dumb question. Like everyone's into video. You know, it almost seems like it's just basic knowledge or common wisdom like well of course you need to do video that's the best channel it's so engaging you know it's it gets the best return on investment but explain that to me a little bit so why in fact is video such a good way to go or why does it work for you guys i was very biased toward video because i was a youtube personality right so of course i i wanted to get in there and just start doing video but actually my boss was like you know hey 
let's not just jump to conclusions, you know, like oh, let's just not say, all right, video is going to be it for us. All right, let's think about this a little bit. What's our strategy? You know, what do we know about the B2B markets and what we can do there? And actually, we started by looking at a stat that I'm going to share with you right now. We saw a stat that said B2B buyers are over 60% done with their buyer journey before they ever talk to a salesperson. So today we're out of the whole, you know, you have to call a salesperson, you have to, you know, learn what the product does from a salesperson. We're, those days are over. People want to self-educate now. B2B buyers want to self-educate now. And so we have a company strategy that our website should be a place for people to self-educate. And it work, and it's great both ways, right? You don't want to waste a salesperson's time on trying to, you know, explain a product that's not going to solve their problems. You know, you kind of want to know up front before you go into a meeting, hey, does this product actually do what I need it to do? I have a problem. Does it solve that problem? So they should be able to self-educate and learn, like, is this potentially going to solve my problem? And then they can get into the nuances. Hey, I've got a special situation with that salesperson. So if you have a company strategy, so first of all, you have to have a company strategy of, hey, I'm going to allow my customers to self-educate and I believe in content marketing. And that's why I wanted to be on your podcast today. So thank you for having me on your podcast. So it's about content marketing, not, you know, we weren't like, oh, it has to be video. It needs to be about content and we can put together content in all sorts of different ways. But I happen to know a lot about video, but, you know, we're not making videos for the sake of making videos. I disagree with that, you know? For example, I saw your, I'm following you on LinkedIn now. I saw your LinkedIn post earlier today that was like, don't make podcasts for the sake of making podcasts. And here's a little checklist. You gave us a little checklist of what, you know, what you need to think about before you go into this podcast thing. And I would say the same thing about video. Does video accomplish what you want it to accomplish that you can do something that you wouldn't do otherwise? If a PDF or, you know, a podcast or something else fits the bill for content marketing, by golly, go do that. Don't do a videos. So I'm selling against the video thing, but <laughs> for now, but you know, so we looked at, okay, how, how do I show people that my product is easy to use? You know, show, don't tell. And that's why we got into video. We wanted to show, don't tell. So for example, one of the reasons why we're better, faster, cheaper than our competitors is because our product is easier to use. So it's one thing to go on my website and everybody puts this on their website. Okay. Our product is easy to use. Nobody, I've never seen a website. That says our product is so hard to use, you need to hire rocket scientists to go configure our product. Every single website says that. Well, well, I actually have a video. I actually have proof that shows my product is easier to use. Like here we are, here's the screen. Oh, you want to do this? All right, boom, click, click, click. All right, done. So our videos are under a minute long, actually. We try to keep them all really, really short, really, really snackable. And that's because we did a whole bunch of research about what do people want to see? You know, what content on video is useful? What are people looking for? You know, so there's just, there's so much data out there on just, hey, here's why you should do video. You know, 50% of B2B decision makers use YouTube. People spend 2.6 times more time on a website or on a page, on an interview page that has video than without. And, you know, me as, as a content marketer, I want people to spend more time on my website. Right. Because that that, you know, self-education that turns into a meeting with the sales team. So, you know, adding video to your email can increase click rates by up to 300 percent. So when we send out an email, what we do is instead of doing a video, we do like a little gift that just kind of auto plays 
on there. And it just kind of gives you a little bit of either a product demo or something, something of value that teaches you something that, you know, hopefully that you want to learn about a product. It feels to me like you guys in particular, and companies like you could probably make the same claim, that you guys have a strong case for video because the product that you offer, it makes sense to show people how it works, right? You're dealing in hardware. And so people want to know like, well, how easy is this to use? And that practically means like, well, you know, what's the control panel like, you know? Is it easy? Is it complicated? How long is it going to take me to get up to speed with this thing? Right. And so it seems to me like a fairly common sense calculation that like, well, we could write a bunch of blog posts about this with like still images or something, but wouldn't it just be so much easier and effective to make a series of videos literally showing you how this works and explaining it at the same time, right? That's just going to be so much easier for the consumer and more useful. Right. It seems to me in your particular case with the product you're selling that that's that just makes a lot of sense. You know, you gave us some statistics about video on a Web page means people will stay on average this much longer and the same in an email and so on. To what extent do you think that depends on exactly who you are and what it is that you're offering, like what your email is about or what your website's about? Right. Because we are a podcasting company. You know, we offer podcasting services. And not that there's no visual element there, there sort of can be, or for companies like mine that offer services, you know, and aren't selling like a product, something you can hold in your hand exactly, is video always necessarily going to be just as valuable? Or again, like, does it kind of depend at least in part on what you're making the video about? A hundred percent. When I was doing videos on YouTube, I was doing tech tutorials on YouTube and I could have chosen any medium I wanted to. I could have done a podcast. I could have done it this way. But you know what? Most of my videos were like, connect the green wire to the blue wire and then cut this wire. And then, you know, it was going to be super hard for me to explain the whole wiring thing without, without a video. And actually the first, like a whole bunch of videos, I was really camera shy at the beginning, believe it or not, when I started making YouTube videos. I just had the camera on my hand. You couldn't see my face and you would just see me like soldering two wires together. <laughs> and I would just be like, okay, you need to connect these wires together. And this, and you, you get your soldering iron, you put on the flux like this. And, and there was no face. I was so, I was so camera shy when I started, but I looked at what I had to do and I was like, there's no way I can explain this in a PDF or podcast. I mean, like, uh, you know, so I had to do a video actually against my free will quite frankly, when I started on YouTube. <laughs> Against your free will. You're like, do it or else. <laughs> I was just like, no, I, do, I don't want to get on YouTube. No, but I was like, how am I going to explain? Can I, you know, A wire to B wire? Uh, you know, I, there's no other way. Tell us about your production process a little bit. Like how, how highly produced are the videos or do you think they need to be? And kind of what are you going for in these videos? Is it purely just, here's how you do a thing, like the most practical stripped down how-to, or are you thinking about the you know production value, the entertainment value? Like, How do you think about that? We have never hired a pro professional production crew, number one. I would love to hire a production crew. I don't know what I'd do with them. So people want authentic videos. They want to know that it's not a slick magic show you just put on. You know, oh, they want to know that your product actually does what you say it does. 
So actually, you know, to start off, we actually didn't really have a budget for this. It was actually low budget. We started off with just doing some screen record videos just to show you how the control panel works, how to show you the dashboard. All we needed for that was a computer and, you know, and we did a screen record and we threw that up on YouTube and put a thumbnail image. And we were like, oh, we didn't even do sound on the first videos too. Sound is super important in video. You know, you have to have good sound. Oh, we were like, no, we're just not going to do sound. We're going to do, we want to do snackable content. We want to do 30 second videos. We saw this stat about people are scrolling on Facebook with their thumb. And so they're not, they don't have the sound turned on on Facebook or LinkedIn. So we were like, all right, well then forget it. No sound on these videos. All right, we're just going to make pilot videos and we're just going to put a caption on the bottom to explain what we're doing at that moment. And we're just, we just started out just really simple. See how this goes, you know, see what the response is, see if people are interested in this. And then you kind of get into, you know, more complicated videos, more production value, lights, fancy microphones, a 4K camera, you kind of get more into it as you progress. But, you know, we did a couple of videos just to see what the response was going to be. It was great. We're like, okay, let's, let's keep on doing this. If you do a couple of videos, don't go out and spend a whole bunch of money first. Go and do like, what can you do? I, I've made videos on my phone. Okay. With 3000 views on LinkedIn. Okay. No, no microphone on my phone. People watch, people will watch that. I mean, I turned up the volume a little bit and try to, you know, try to make the sound a little bit better, but I mean, people will watch that because it's authentic. Again, when you say authentic, I mean, that's a term that gets thrown, thrown a lot around a lot. I think I know what you mean, but I want to make sure so that it's not overproduced. It's not slick. It comes across as just, this really is us making this video and just trying to show you how to do a thing without a lot of bells and whistles. Is that what you mean by authentic? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we, we watch TV. I, I enjoy watching TV. I've seen a ton of commercials. They're great. They're beautiful, but they're kind of annoying. So, I mean, YouTube started out as I, I saw a guy, he filmed a Comcast, somebody, a technician sleeping on his couch. I mean, that is, that, that was the rise of YouTube right there. It's just, it's home videos. I mean, whoever thought if you had bet me money, you know, years and years ago, you know, for that, you know, all this really bad user generated content would be so huge today. I probably would have lost that bet. Quite frankly, I could not have predicted that people would be interested in watching, you know, non-commercial, non-professional type videos, but it's really, really huge now. And I think it's because it's, you know, it's, it's about the content and it's about being authentic versus, you know, this really slick production that's like, hmm, I don't know if I trust you. People want to trust you. And so too much production, even though it could technically make a video look better, quote unquote, like fancier, you're making the argument for, yeah, but it can get harder for people to like trust you through that video because they just assume like, well, this is just a bunch of marketing stuff. Oh, it depends on your budget too, it, right? I mean, most people, when you start on YouTube, you don't have a lot of money to buy, you know, all these fancy cameras and do all this production or hire a camera crew. You don't need all that. I mean, that's one of the biggest, you know, when, when I talk about video, you know, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of deer headlights, the objections. The objection is how much is this going to cost me? And yeah, that's great. I don't want to take away business from a real videographer, you know, who, who does great production. There is a place for that, that absolutely you should be doing that. That's great if you can afford all that. But, you know, for small companies or, you know, people just trying to get their content out there, you don't need to go and spend a ton of money from the get-go. Do what you can with what you have. And then if you find yourself in a rhythm or find yourself, hey, I do need to move it to the next level, hire that crew, okay? 
put jobs out there. I'm all for, you know, creating jobs. Right. But start simply and just kind of figure it out a little bit before you start spending a lot of money on it. So what people do is they go out and hire a big production crew. They go and spend a whole t- bunch of money on a, on a video. They get this really slick production. It's not that it's bad to do that. It's bad to do that as your first video. I think that's that's kind of my issue because they'll they'll put a lot of money into it. They'll make one video and it'll be a failure and then they'll be sad about it. And, I, and they'll say videos are faster. No, 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 no. You don't start out with a slick, nice video. You end with a slick, nice video. You start with something really simple and you and you find your traction in the actual content that people want to see. That's key, right? You, you just focus on the content that people want to see and learn about. And then you worry about like the, the slick production value later, even if you ever get there. But if it's if you're producing video about something that people don't care about, then it doesn't matter how good the production is, right? People won't watch. So how do you when you guys started down this path, how did you know what to make videos about? All right. So we just looked at our problems. We looked at our customers' problems, we looked at our problems. So you had kind of mentioned, hey, you know, our videos are kind of these how-to videos, you know, just the nitty-gritty, how do you do this? And then you said, Well, you could have put it, you know, could have put a bunch of screenshots into a PDF, right? Ironically, we had all that. The support person actually created all these documents with all the screenshots that showed you how to do everything step by step. Nobody read these documents. Nobody read what support had put out, including myself at one point. And so customers were calling in and saying, hey, I want videos. Where's your, vi- where's your video content? I don't want to read a bunch of boring PDFs. And I think that goes back to the whole argument of don't do video for the sake of doing video. Do the medium that makes the most sense for what your customers want to see. You know, we looked at, okay, what are our pain points? So it, it turned out a pain point in the company, actually not related to marketing or related to marketing. I don't know. It is that customers were calling up demanding how-to videos and we had that. That was a pain point. And we, we actually, we have a great support team and uh, US-based, you know, support team. And they will sit there and do a, a Zoom screen share with you. And they will walk you through every step, little step, one-on-one with you. And they love doing that. And we have enough, you know, we have enough support people to do that. Customers were calling in saying, I don't want to sit one-on-one with you. I want, I want to watch videos on my own time when it's convenient for me. So your customers made it kind of easy for you, right? They're like, this is what we want. And you're like, all right, let's give the people what they want, right? So what about though, so what's your advice then for say a marketing team that's like, yeah, we, we want to get more into video. You know, either we're doing none or we're doing just a little bit, but we think we think we need to do more. And let's say they don't have that. They don't have people calling them and saying, please make us videos about this. What would be your first step? You know, just getting started and you haven't yet gotten that data, but you want but you're thinking we probably need to do more video. Like, where do you begin to get off on the right start and make sure that you're going to do it, you know, in a way that's going to add a lot of value? I would go back to the step, the previous step of content marketing. Let's agree that content marketing is king. Content is king. And I would look at the kind of content I want to produce and then think about the medium I want to use. And it could be video or it could be podcasting. So what kind of content do people need? What kind of content do you need to, to fill that funnel? I don't know if you're doing the funnel anymore. Or you're doing, you know, ABM, you know, account-based marketing. What kind of content do you, are people looking for? And it might be podcasting. It might be video. It might be a PDF. And think about what you need to do and then think about the medium and exploiting that medium. And that goes back to what you were saying before. And you alluded to my blog post, like, don't just do a thing because it seems to be popular or like our competitors are doing it. We obviously have to do it too. Maybe, maybe not. Right. 
And I guess, I mean, maybe another way what you're saying is think about your audience. Who are these folks and what do they, what's going to add the most value to them? And if you're not sure, then, then figure that out. Ask them, ask your current customers. And like, like you guys, you might, they might just tell you like, well, actually we want videos showing us how to use your product. Oh, okay, cool. Let's make those or whatever it is they want. And maybe it's a variety of things and maybe it's not just video, but it's also a podcast or also a webinar series or whatever, right? But it all comes down in the end to your audience and what, what they actually need. As I said earlier, I, I was forced into YouTube against my free will. I was, didn't want my face on there. I was like, okay, here are the wires. Okay. And I'm just going to show you my fingers. <laughs> so it, but it turned out video was the best, you know, for, you know, the sort of visual content. So if you don't have a lot of visual content, then maybe video is not for you. Let's just be honest about it. Yeah. If you don't have a, a compelling visual story to tell, maybe you don't need to do video. Or, or if you are going to do it, you need to figure out how to tell a visual story with whatever it is you're talking about. But, but you know, for companies with that visual story, think about your storytelling. Think about what you want to explain to people. Think about what's compelling. How are you solving the problem? Number one, if I'm not solving your problem, I, I'm of no use to you. You need to move on and I need to move on. People just won't spend their time if it's not solving a problem or giving them value in some way, right? Maybe, you know, there are other ways to add value, but right, nine times out of 10, it's going to be helping you figure something out. And I, I'm B2B marketing. So this is, you know, this is how we do things. You know, if I was B2C, I'd be talking about entertaining you. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other interesting discussion because there is a lot of talk in the B2B world that I see on LinkedIn about making B2B marketing more entertaining more fun, you know, more like B2C marketing, or at least not being afraid to try that kind of stuff. I think we're maybe kind of in the early stages of figuring out what that could look like. But still, what you say, I think makes sense. Primarily still, the average B2B buyer, when they're engaging with your content, it's first, it's probably because they have a problem to solve. And they're just looking for practical ways to solve it. And they'll search for it. And if you have a good piece of content that speaks directly to it, and you and you promote it, then you're hoping that's going to pop up. And they're like, oh, cool. I In the next five minutes, I'll solve my problem and this helped me. I mean, that's basically still how it works the majority of the time. Carolyn, I feel bad because we kind of have to cut this short. There's, I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about, but we got to jump. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and lending your, your presence. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. I look forward to, you know, listening to more of your podcast, following you on LinkedIn. All right. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.